0: Planet Mundus. What's up, Argos?
1: And we are back with Planet Mundus. So, just so you guys know, our team is pretty international. And some of us, the winter in Denmark is bringing a lot of new experiences. Especially for those who haven't really seen such a cold weather before. One of our reporters from India had had her first experience with some exciting. And she's here to share everything about it with us. Hi there, Shubham. So, I saw some pictures on your Instagram. I know you've been ice skating this last weekend, is that true?
2: Hi, Mario. Yes, I did. And for the first time.
1: Okay, so since the first time, I bet that's even better, right? I've never done that before, actually, because back in Brazil, we only have ice skating rings in shopping malls, and it's in December and during our summer. So, I think that's kind of lame, doesn't make much sense. But yeah. tell me about your experience.
2: Like, that's exactly the same in India. We only have ice skating rinks in malls, and it doesn't make sense to me either, which is why I never <laughs> did it before. Yeah. But you should really go because Aarhus now has an ice skating ring that's been open for a few weeks now. And honestly, these winters have been bringing lots of firsts for me. I, I saw my first snow for the first time like this week, and I also just biked through snow on my way here.
1: Yeah, it's like everyone was so excited over the weekend, right? And it's been kind of a long time since I had Sinzlo for the last time. But yeah, on my way here as well, kind of extra snowy, almost more than necessary. But okay, let's focus and go back to the skiing experience. How was that?
2: Well, it was quite an experience. And now when I think about it like three days later, it's mostly, yeah, fun, pleasant memories. But in the beginning, I really wasn't feeling it. No, no,
3: no, this does
4: not feel good. Oh, God. Okay.
2: So, what you don't see here is that I put on my skates, I stand up, and I fall, within a second of standing up. And I was being held by two of my friends, Pia and Joanne, who were obviously very amused by what was happening, and you can actually hear them laughing in the background.
1: Yeah, I have to (laughs) confess that these audios are quite funny, but just tell me, how long did you stay there ice skating?
2: We stayed for about like an hour and I did get better at it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Did you get any better at some point or not?
2: I stopped falling after the first 20 minutes. Oh
1: God, 20 minutes. That's quite a lot. But okay. So for the first time, I think it's fair. You take some time to learn it. And did you expect anything different or not?
2: I mean, I didn't really have any expectations, except that I knew I wouldn't be good at it. Because, like, I have seen the skates, and I wasn't even convinced I'd be able to stand on them. You know, you see the blades and everything. And I was right about that. I mean, I fell. But I asked around, and people warned me about a lot of things. A couple of friends had really bad experiences with ice skating. They told me to fall a certain way so that I don't break my wrists, because that happens, apparently. And another scary thing that they told me to be careful about was that if I fall, no one should skate over my hands because, you know, then oh, yeah. your limbs get severed. It doesn't and look like, good, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I can't afford broken wrists or, like, severed limbs. Like, I have exam in two days.
1: Yeah, that's a disclaimer for our listeners. We are doing exam week and we're here for you guys. But I think that while ice skating, thinking about exam, it must not be a pleasant thing to go over your head, right?
2: Yeah, and I, I felt like that was not very encouraging like to, like to tell someone that, oh, you might break your wrists and you might you know, lose your fingers or something. But I went with a very big group of classmates from the Mundus Journalism program, and some of them are really good at ice skating. And the most helpful advice came from Gabrielle, who's from Lithuania, and this is what she had, this is what she had to say.
5: Don't be afraid to look ah! ridiculous, and don't be afraid to fall, because everybody falls. Like, everybody does that, so it doesn't really
4: matter.
5: All that matters is having fun with your friends or alone. doesn't matter. Everybody falls.
2: And I thought, like, after everything else that people had told me, it was a very nice thing to say, especially because I was looking super ridiculous for the first 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: I I think it's very funny, the sounds from the background, everybody's screaming, that's funny. But, yeah, that is indeed a nice thing to say for someone who is kind of doing for the first time. Some help is really needed, right?
2: Yeah, and, but at the same time, it wasn't just the very experienced people in the group that I went with. There were a few other people who also had their first time ice skating with me. And one of them was Max Allers, who's from Uruguay. But for some reason, he was having a much better time with it than I was. So I asked him about it.
6: Uh, it's pretty similar to roller skating. I used to roller skate when I was a kid. I used to play hockey with roller skates. Uh, I think if you have practice with roller skating it's not that different than that.
2: So his secret was roller skating and that's why he wasn't falling every two minutes like I was but you know what's kind of interesting stopping while ice skating is much harder than skating itself Unless you fall, I mean, but that's not a very effective way of stopping. <laughs> but people who have done ice skating told me that it took them a long time, sometimes even up to a year to learn how to stop. So I should either just go for the boundary of the ring to stop against it or just bump into a friend.
1: Yeah, like despite all the falling, it does look like you guys had a lot of fun, right?
2: Yeah, it w- it w- it was really a lot of fun. And I was with a group of people who were really nice and encouraging and helpful. And the rink is actually at a great location downtown in Aarhus. So the atmosphere was really nice. And like Gabrielle said, the point is to have fun and not worry about falling or looking ridiculous. So I guess I was successful in that way.
1: Yeah, it's not like the pictures, the, the rink is right next to the Aarhus Museum. So you got also to take nice pictures as well, right? And this sounds like an awesome plan. So just for our listeners who want to go there and try skating maybe for the first time or not, where can they go and where are the logistics? And just be clear, I'm just asking for a friend. I'm not even that interested, okay?
2: Sure you aren't. <laughs> the rink is open air and it's near Aros and it's actually right in front of the music house in, in Aarhus. And the rink itself is free to use, but it costs 40, 45 crowns to rent the skates. Mm-hmm. And you also need to take some sort of an ID to be able to rent them. But a word of caution that the lines for renting can get quite long, especially on the weekends. Mm. But if you own a pair of skates, just go and skate. And another thing is that sometimes the rink is closed due to bad weather, either because it's too warm or because it's raining or something. And so it's better to check if they're open or not before you make plans to go. And But the timings in general are 12 to 6 p.m. from Monday to Wednesday, 12 to 8 p.m. on Thursday and Friday and 10 to 5 p.m. on the weekend. And generally, I can recommend it. It's a great place. And there's Christmas music around. You can see arrows in the background. You know, the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And there are Christmas lights. And there's also a stall selling coffee and warm cocoa and glog right next to the ring if you get cold while that waiting. That must be,
1: must be necessary at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it gets really cold. But it's very pleasant and very hugger.
1: Yeah, I think since we're in Denmark, why not going for hugger, right? It sounds like a very nice plan. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Well, always a pleasure talking to you.
0: Planet Mundus, the word in Aarhus.
7: Every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. and online.
1: And I leave, I leave you guys with our, the Mexican singer Natalia LaForcade de Bipassar this is the song and we'll be back with the slow news right after that.
8: Start this party, here. Yeah. My drinks, but caught deep, yeah woo. Out in Hollywood, I grew up in the open hood Eating with the rats, praying God would make it all good yeah. But that didn't work, so I had to do it on my own Couldn't move bricks like my friends that were dead and gone That's the sucker roll. you were way too young to go But growing up in the hole, you slang or you hustle That butt duck, the duck, duck, damn Swing, not, no punk, punk, bam That's the way we do, never stop, we gotta move Underground, baby, we the reason why they booing you it's the blunt J or the bong right girl. Drop that and I track that world. White exclusive, you talk while we do shit. You snob like Martha, you acting like a prison bitch. MC jealous, acting overzealous, being afraid to be ourselves, regardless what they tell us. I was born to a losing situation. Mama hooked up on the drugs. Daddy's pimping conversation. Got his ass caught up. Man, it's time to roll up. Never knowing who you are. Nothing ever seems enough. I know. Here we go. Cold as Eskimo. It was told. Story of a princess. So spoiled, so typical. She would blow off. Love in her face. Never give the chance. Think above. Never state. A generalization is true you don't know me but judge me fuck you all these people that be faking we want the same thing but they stick me in their ass like a popsicle ring
1: It's seven eighteen. This is Planet Mundus at the Student Radio Aarhus
9: By showing you actually the latest satellite picture. You of on. Satellite. <laughs> satellite. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: news beyond the
1: that's it. It's time for Slow News, our segment on underreported global issues. Raman Royodanyan and Alicia Medina are with me today. And this week we'll talk about Yemen,
7: a country that's living the worst cholera outbreak in modern history. So let's start this off. According to the-, the World Health Organization, 2,156 people have already died and more than 815,000 suspected cases have been recorded in the country. The millionth case of cholera is in the horizon for the Yemenis.
5: The civil war between the Saudi-led coalition and the Houthis has collapsed the healthcare system of Yemen, the poorest country in the Middle East.
7: Well, for those who don't know, those infected with cholera can die within hours of infection if left untreated. Cholera outbreaks happen when public sanitation, well, simply collapses. This is what's happening in Yemen. Bombing from the Saudi-led coalition has destroyed 40 health centers in Yemen, contributing to the cholera outbreak.
5: Actually, cholera is easily treatable with oral rehydration salts and access to clean water, but the civil war in Yemen has made access to those more difficult.
7: Aside from cholera, access to food is a fight to the death now. According to The Guardian, fishermen have been barred from going to the sea since the conflict started. Famine, well, is next for them after Saudi Arabia toughened the blockade last November 6. Okay, so the data from Yemen is pretty scary, right? We have 3 million people
1: displaced, more than 10,000 killed, 42,000 injured, and then one out of five Yemenis are starving. This is quite terrible. What else should we know
7: about there? Well, let's rewind a bit and explore what happened in the past.
5: It all started in the Arab uprising in 2011. President Ali Abdullah Saleh was forced to step down in 2012. Then the Vice President Abdul Rabu Mansur Hadi took office. And Mansoor Hadi was backed by the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. Now,
7: in 2015, the Houthi rebels, who are Shiite and backed by Iran, ousted President Mansur Hadi, who was exiled in Saudi Arabia. In response, they swept Sana'a, the capital, and took control of most of Yemen with help from Iran, and the former president Ali Abdullah Saleh. As a response, Saudi Arabia led a coalition against Houthi rebels. Since then, Yemenis have been under the bombings.
5: The Saudi-led coalition has employed cluster munitions, which have been outlawed by several countries. And according to Human Rights Watch investigation, these cluster munitions were used in at least 16 attacks in public places. Aside from these deadly bombs, the Houthis also laid out landmines, the use of which has been illegal since the Geneva Convention.
7: Well, also unknown to the world are child soldiers who have been employed by both sides in Yemen's civil war. According to Human Rights Watch, the Yemen military, Houthi forces, and other tribal groups have used child soldiers for their cause. These kids make up one-third of the fighting force in the country.
5: Another important figure here is the former president Ali Abdullah Saleh, who decided to join the Houthi rebels in their fight against Saudi Arabia. Last 3 December, Saleh changed his mind, announced the end of his alliance with the Houthis, and offered a dialogue with Saudi Arabia. Two days later, Houthi rebels killed him in an ambush while he was trying to leave the capital.
7: A Houthi leader, Abdul Malik al-Houthi, talked about a historical defeat in the television TRT world.
1: We have achieved a resounding historic defeat against the forces of aggression. Today they are extremely angry, and we say to them, die of your anger. We say this to the Saudi regime and its allies, the Americans, the British, and the Emiratis.
5: Saleh's death may lead to an escalation of a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Saudis say they won't stop until Abu Rabu Mansur Hadi comes back to power. The president Mansur Hadi, which is an exile in Saudi Arabia, called the Yemeni people to resist to the Houthis. I
10: call on all the people of our Yemeni nation and all provinces that are still under the control of these terrorist criminal militias to rise up in their faces, resist them, and renounce them. Our heroic army will be around Sana'a to support them under our instructions. I also call on all the leaders of our great party, the General People's Congress, to unify behind the legitimate leadership.
7: Meanwhile, 10,000 people have been killed and more than a million children already suffering from acute malnutrition are at risk from a cholera outbreak. This was
1: Slow News reporting about Yemen. Next week, we'll cover the humanitarian crisis going on in Venezuela and the overall numbers of refugees worldwide. You'll listen now to the song Polka Dot Stingray by Japanese singer M.V.
0: I'm not a you
1: We're listening to Planet Mundus, a show produced by foreign students about life in Denmark, global topic, and, as you may have noticed, with international music. This was British band Heartbeat with Zola Blood. Now it's 7.31 and we just made it to the second half of the show. Tonight, we're still going to talk about nice tips of events for you to go to Inahu's over this weekend and also we'll learn what is the next episode of the Old Continent Podcast will be about. So now you listen to Live and Die in Africa by Kenyan singer Saudi Sol.
10: I wanna be rich I wanna be famous, I wanna have lots and lots of money Soar above the clouds, I wanna be free Like Nelson Mandela Stand tall like a pyramid, so, so courageous No place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be
9: Live and die in Africa
10: The dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Not the joking yum bunny, mocha milam to Ain't no place I'd rather go.
1: Today is a snowy Wednesday in Aarhus. You're listening to Planet Mundus at Estudente Radio Aarhus.
7: Planet Mundus. Music and society.
1: All right, now it's time for another episode of Music and Society. And with all this old Christmas spirit going on, I'm glad to say that our reporter Miriam Carut chose a less conventional Christmas song this week. I have to admit, Miriam, I'm not the Grinch, but I was a little bit tired of all those jingle bells and the songs about Santa Claus, okay?
3: (laughs) That was exactly our thought when we decided on the song last week, Mario. Enough of that. This week, we're talking about The Pokes and Kirsty McCall with Tale of New York.
1: Okay, I don't, I'm not sure about what the song is about, but it does ring a bell.
3: Well, have you ever watched P.S. I Love You with Hilary Swank and Jared Butler?
1: Okay, so that's it. I have watched that movie and I love the soundtrack. Like, there's another song that I like best, but I'm willing to take. What is it about?
3: Okay, no judging from my side then. (laughs) I love that movie and its soundtrack too. So there's one very emotional but also kind of funny scene if you recall... Jared Butler's funeral and because he's Irish, they played this very Irish band, the Pokes.
1: Yeah, I don't want to give kind of any spoilers, but I remember because the movie has something to do about the funeral. So it's kind of touching, right?
3: It's not even a spoiler. It's right (laughs) in the description. But yeah, the story of this song is obviously another one. It goes back to 1987. The band had planned to make a Christmas song, a Christmas song about reality, though. Not about snow or sleigh rides or mistletoe or miracles, but lost youth and ruined dreams. Not very Christmassy. It's a song in which Christmas is as much the problem as it is the solution. A kind of anti-Christmas song, if you want to call it that way, that ended up being, for a generation, the Christmas song.
1: Okay, that sounds like a great music idea to me, but what inspired them and how did they develop this idea?
3: Well, apparently there's this general agreement in the band that Fairytale of New York was written in 1985, but the origins of the songs are, of the song are disputed among its band members and producers and even the managers. Mm. That all doesn't really matter. The song was named after the 1973 novel A Fairytale of New York, which one of the band's members and songwriter Jem Finer was reading at the time. And then he left the novel lying around in the recording studio, and soon it was an inspiration.
1: Hmm, Interesting. But you said that the band is Irish, right? Can we grasp that from listening to the song?
3: Actually, most of the band weren't Irish, although their name, Pogue Mahone means kiss my arse in Gaelic, which is... From Ireland. Okay. And many of their influences were actually Irish. In fact, their interest in folk songs and historical narratives roamed for, far and wide. They aspired to timelessness, though. Fairy Tale of New York does have bagpipes and some sort of Irish melody mixed with typical Christmas tunes.
1: I have to tell you, I love this. <laughs> And how do the lyrics make this song kind of an anti-Christmas song? What, what is it about?
3: Uh, a Tale of New York is about a couple falling on hard times and coming eventually to some redemption. The band actually stated that there was a secret history to it. It was supposedly about two mutual friends living in New York. But as you will hear in a bit, it could apply to any couple. The song's story begins with an Irish immigrant being tossed into a drunk tongue, sorry, into a drunk tank mm-hmm. to sleep off a Christmas Eve binge. It's only when he hears an old man sing the Irish ballad, The Rare Old Mountain Dew, that he begins to dream about his memories of the song's female character.
1: And I think that's regular for Irish songs to have kind of a story. And what about this one? How does the couple's story develop throughout the song?
3: Um, the story is a little confusing because the narrator is drunk, right? <laughs> and
1: classic Irish.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's remembering his love while being drunk and in the beginning it all seems very positive. They're remembering the story together and that's where Kirsty jumps into the musical dialogue. But then it turns somewhat bitter and they start insulting each other.
10: You're a bum, you're a punk you're. An old-
3: The question now is, can we even trust the narrator? He's a drunk, living on the street, and we're also not quite sure if the dialogue happens in the drunk tank or if it happens afterwards. And that is probably the beauty of this song. You don't know what happens in the end. It's completely open.
1: Okay, I'd say we listen to it then, and let's see what the song is about. So here with you guys is The Pogues and Christy McCall with Fairy Tale of New York.
10: Christmas Eve, babe. In the drunk tank, an old man said to me, Don't see another one. And then he sang a song. The rare old mountain hue. I turned. Dreamed about you. Got on a lucky one. Came in into one. I've got a feeling. Cause you. When all our dreams come true
4: They got cars big as bars They got rivers of gold But the windows right through you It's no place for the old When you first took my hand On a cold Christmas Eve You promised me
10: Queen of New York City When, when the band finished playing, playing They held up for more Sinatra was swinging All the drums they were singing We kissed on the corner Then danced through the
4: night <laughs> The boys of the Envoy Pinnicoire Were singing
10: all the <laughs> back And the bells were ringing <laughs> out For Christmas Day Ringing out for Christmas Day
1: from the Old Continent team is here with me in the studio today. Denis, why did you guys pick this topic to discuss?
6: Well, we thought that Lithuania was very interesting because in the mid-1990s, they had the world's highest suicide rates. And naturally, something had to be done. So they put a lot of different initiatives into work and they actually worked. So now we see decreasing numbers. uh, Still a very high level. The suicide rates are the highest in Europe. But a lot of progress has been made, and that's what we wanted to focus on.
1: Yeah, that's because when you think about suicide, it comes as a bad news. But there is kind of a positive approach—the decrease. Well, what can explain that? What exactly happened there?
6: Um, one of the explanations was specifically the creation of a helpline, and uh, a lot of focus from the political side. Uh, for instance, related to alcohol, they have uh, increased the. Or how do you say they have uh, raised the minimum age for buying alcohol to decrease the consumption and and those kind of initiatives, policies. Yeah. Um, So uh, it's uh, although it's a very somber and gruesome topic, it's uh, there is progress made and it's a positive note. Okay, because you mentioned that in the 90s was one of the highest suicide rates uh, in Europe. The highest in the world.
1: Okay, so has it changed, like, comparative to other countries?
6: Uh, uh, Compared to other countries, I think Lithuania is uh, around 8, 9 with the current figures. Still the highest in Europe, but uh, not uh, the world record anymore.
1: And what kind of information will the listeners uh, get from the podcast? Do you guys go mostly for research or interviewing people?
6: We will go into, first of all, the historical backgrounds, why the numbers are so high. And then afterwards, we have talked to some people with hands-on experience uh, from the previously mentioned uh, hotline and some uh, uh, case studies from a specific city in Lithuania.
1: Okay, thank you. So let's just remind our listeners how can they... Tune in and listen to the podcast.
6: Well, you can visit our Facebook page, The Old Continent, and we're also on uh, iTunes. And they can
1: also access planetmundus.com, right? Of course. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, my pleasure. Okay, this was Whatever You Want by Sports. And now we are almost in the end of the show, but before you go, just listen to these cool tips on what to do in Aarhus over the weekend. If you really enjoy Christmas and love to listen to the traditional songs of this time of the year, I've got the perfect event for you. A Christmas concert in front of the Catholic Church downtown, pretty close to the train station. The Pro Pace Aarhus International Choir will start the performance at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday the 16th, so don't miss it. But if you're not that traditional and prefer to forget about Christmas for a while, listen up. The Casernica we will host a Rick and Morty Drunk Marathon. How cool is that, right? They will screen all the episodes of the first season of this Netflix show and there are going to be some rules for everyone to drink quite a lot. For example, whenever someone goes through a portal from one dimension to the other or when Rick and Morty spit on someone and then everybody drinks. Sounds like fun to me, so I bet they're going to need a lot of alcohol as well. The marathon starts on Saturday at 5.30 p.m., the Kazernka Café is on the Langeland's Gate at number 139. If you want something more chill, maybe the Christmas Bingo is a good bet. The Tirnanog Pub is organizing one next Monday. And then they are inviting everyone to bring friends and family to have fun together. And also, there will be prizes for over 10,000 crones. So, quite impressive, right? If you're interested, the Christmas bingo will take place at the Tiernanog pub on Frederick's Garden number 40. No bookies are necessary, so it's advisable for you to arrive early to secure a table. Now, it's 7.51. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was Danish singers Emil Cruz and Tobias Rehman with Verde it's almost 8 o'clock which means our show ends here I really appreciate you guys making company to us until now on this cold and snowy Wednesday night in Aarhus many thanks for our team and especially thanks to Pierre Beme helping me out at the studio and Shubhan Kalsik for the editorial support I'm Mario Braga and Planet Mundus will be back next Wednesday with our Christmas special we count on you guys bye take care
4: Just.